The Myths of Selling to the Government If you're using traditional sales techniques to sell to government, you're doing it wrong. The podcast is brought to you by Government Selling Solutions. Government Selling Solutions, selling and marketing to the government for years, quite successfully, thank you. Now, here's Rick. A fellow named Mark Roberge wrote a book called The Sales Acceleration Formula, using data, technology, and inbound selling to go from zero to $100 million. The book is not focused on government contracting or local, state, and federal markets like we are. But holy moly, his concepts apply to the government space and to the work we do. We're always talking about sales acceleration. By now, you're likely familiar with our sales acceleration formula that identifies the traits of top government sales performers. If not, check out some of our previous Myths of Selling to Government episodes or send me an email to rickatgovselling.com and I'll send you a copy of the white paper. Or better yet, go to the govselling.com website and schedule a time for a brief chat. No charge. In his book, Robert cites nine mistakes companies make when building their sales teams. And we've seen them all in the government space. They all apply. Number one, hiring salespeople with your gut. Robert says you need to give thought to what really works in your organization. Then use those thoughts to establish the right criteria and how you'll identify folks who fit. In other words, don't wing it. We agree. That's one of the reasons we spent the resources to develop our survey of top performers in the government space. Yep, we agree with Roberge that it takes time and effort to develop your criteria. In fact, it's an ongoing process. You have to work at it. But again, don't wing it. Number two. Robert says a big mistake is underutilizing the sales compensation plan. We couldn't agree more. If you want to get salespeople to move strategically, make your compensation plan reflect what you're trying to accomplish. In the government space, we think you have to take into consideration the long sales cycle and the nature of the business. Perhaps consider adding other elements than sales closings to your compensation plan. One may be pipeline growth. With government sales cycles being as long as they are, you may not want to wait until a deal closes to compensate. Look for ways to measure other activities that may be worth adding to the compensation formula. Perhaps you'll want to make the closing a major, but not the only factor in your compensation plan. Again, Make your compensation plan reflect what you want the sales team to do. Number three. We love this one. Mistake number three is misaligning sales and marketing. You've heard us talk about this before. Sales and marketing must work together. What you don't know is that this belief led to creation of two businesses, a book, and now a podcast. This one. Lauren Bristow and I met each other when he was head of marketing and I was head of government sales for a company. When he and I arrived, sales and marketing not only didn't work well together, they really didn't like each other. We changed that. Lauren and I worked exceptionally well together, 
and we really liked each other. Still do. We changed the climate and the results in that company, and have done the same for other companies since. That led to our book, Seven Myths of Selling to Government, which has a chapter devoted to the sales and marketing relationship, which led to this Myths of Selling to Government podcast. Now back to Roberge's book. He talks about how they created sales and marketing alignment at HubSpot, where he was the chief revenue officer, through a sales and marketing service level agreement. Marketing commits to certain things, like production of leads, and sales commits to certain things, like following up on those leads quickly. Results are measured and discussed by both teams. Mistake number four, not planning far enough in advance. Now, I suspect this one is more important in the government space than many other spaces. Roberge talks about outcomes of today being the result of what happened months ago. Now, imagine how true this is in the government space, where sales cycles are so blasted long. It's not unusual for a consulting client to ask for a commitment from us on when they'll see increased sales from our efforts. We don't mind projecting that but it might not be what they want to hear. It takes time for your efforts to pay off in sales, especially in government sales. That's one of the reasons you have to be very deliberate in what you do and establish measurements along the way. Mistake five, making forecasting rather than coaching the sales manager's primary focus. Ah, good one. The way I look at it, you need to establish process and procedure that helps facilitate forecasting. You need to put aside a bit of time to go through the forecast with your team members. But all of this should be routine work once you figure out the routine. The creative work is looking for and seizing coaching opportunities for each individual. What does a specific person need to hear or learn at a particular moment? And by all means, don't forget about your top performers. They may be particularly good at what they're doing, but they need coaching attention too. It should be different than the type of attention you give the newbies or weaker performers, but coaching they should get. If you're one of those top performers, talk to your bosses about what you think you need and then help them help you. Mistake number six. Motivating through fear rather than metrics. You want to run off a potential top performer, then micromanage them and use fear. That doesn't work. Certainly doesn't work these days. Probably never has. Robert says create an automated dashboard that shows every day the accomplishment of metrics for all to see. You'll see that the metrics will provide motivation and discipline. Motivating through fear is not necessary. This reminds me of a study I read many years ago in Harvard Business Review. It compared motivators to demotivators and showed a list of things that motivate people compared to a list of things that demotivate people. The lists were significantly different. The study found that the opposite of the things that motivated people didn't necessarily demotivate them and vice versa. It said the number one motivator was to put people in a position to achieve and recognize them for their achievement. 
and made the point that trophies and award trips may be fine, but sometimes just a mention of something specific they had done well will do the trick. But first you have to make sure you're doing everything possible to put them in a position to achieve. Now here's the interesting part. The top demotivator was not an absence of ability to achieve and recognition for it. It was on the list, but well down the list. The top demotivator, according to this list, was relationship with immediate supervisor. Think about it. It's hard to overcome the many obstacles we all face in doing our work when we feel like we're working for a jerk, <laughs> particularly one who uses fear to attempt to motivate. In our survey of top government sales performers, we found that the best in the business don't like to be micromanaged. They get real frustrated when asked to explain the ins and outs of a complex government sales opportunity, only to be told that they need to do better. They'd rather be coached than micromanaged. Mistake number seven. Reberge says it's a mistake to let new salespeople shadow top performers. Top performers have their own unique reasons, their superpower for being at the top. And the newbie may have other superpowers that can make them a top performer. Instead, says Roberge, make sure you have a sales process and measure how each person does on each stage of the process. Provide guidance, but not too much, lest the newbie won't discover their own superpower. Mistake 8. Buying technology for management rather than the frontline salespeople. Robert says there's been an explosion of technology that benefits the salesperson while capturing data that management needs to run the business. Um, perhaps he was referring to HubSpot, where he worked. I don't know much about this other than seeing a demo of a new approach for CRM recently. I would welcome knowing more and would be glad to share what I find. Contact me at rick at govselling.com. And finally, mistake number nine. Not experimenting enough. Robert says devise and execute experiments. Iterate and improve. Sounds good to me. In the government space, expect those experiments to take longer. Meantime, in our opinion, you develop a plan, work it, adjust as necessary. You can see quick results as long as you're realistic about what results you're looking for. Mr. Roberge, this is really good stuff and most appreciated. Thanks to Dave Kirpin of Inc. Magazine for bringing Mark Roberge and his book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, to our attention. And thank you for your attention. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Myths of Selling to Government. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Myths of Selling to Government and let me know at rickatgovselling.com what you think. We thank you. Today's episode has been brought to you by Government Selling Solutions. Government Selling Solutions, getting government sold.